The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This is a Danger Entertainment Podcast. DangerEntertainment.net Danger Entertainment Podcast Network. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. episode of Wookiee Radio. It is the Smugglers 3, Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike, and the guys who are having too much fun with our theme song, who are joining us this week um, from Conversations. Did I? There you go. That's one of the voices. It is Charles and Pat. How's everyone doing? We are doing awesome. Yeah, we're doing very well. Thanks. Love that theme song. Always loved it. Always <laughs> rock out to it. Oh, very thank good. you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you're the only talk. podcast, I've, as far as I know, as far as we know we're the only Star Wars podcast with bagpipes in our theme. That's yeah, I yeah, think that's that, a good valuation, and it that probably pans out. Yeah, and when I listen, I, I I listen to most podcasts a little bit faster speed so I can get through some of them. But uh, when I listen to your show, I actually turn I turn the speed down because I love that song. <laughs> <laughs> turn the speed down. Yeah, I listen to you guys at regular speed. <laughs> that's how much we love you. Well, there's nothing like bagpipes playing the Star Wars main title. Right, and a little Wookie roaring too. It's fantastic. Yeah. So, um, before we get into the nitty gritty, if you guys have done your research on us like you have, it is time for, or I said, oh, I, need, boy. I need to find it. I didn't do any research. Becoming <laughs> <laughs> like a tag. Yeah, guys, it's your best. <laughs> Don't worry, we know what he's doing, and it, it, it doesn't help us at all either. We read the manuscripts. We just, you know. <laughs> it is time for a little... Smuggler's Feud. Oh, yeah. So, I will let you guys pick one, two, or three. We gotta go with three. All right. We gotta go with three. Uh-huh. And this is Star Wars Family Feud. Okay. Is where this is from. Um, I will say, do not think of this as Star Wars fans. <laughs> yeah, turn the fan side of your brain off. Yes. Yes. I, this will be a first for me. I've never turned it off. I'm going to channel my Star Trek fandom. That's not, gonna help, that's not gonna help you either. <laughs> It's not going to help you, he says. Yeah. Okay. So the question is, name something you see a lot of in the galaxy. And there are are five five answers, and we're going to go back and forth, starting with conversations. You beep. What was your answer? Oh, I beep. You did. Um, Spaceships. Mm. Sorry. Wrong button. I'm trying. No, no, no. I said wrong button. 
Um, Number two answer. I'm trying to remember which ones. I need to flip those for next time. (laughs) Congratulations. (laughs) Wookie Radio. You got one right away, Derek? You want to throw up there? If not, I got one here. Yeah, go ahead. Asteroids. See? Like I said, you can't use Star Wars answers. <laughs> like I said. He's Thanks like, for the hint. <laughs> Back to conversation. Okay. Uh, beaming. Oh, it's our turn anyways. We have to buzz in. <laughs> gotcha. We're going to go with lightsabers. Uh, womp womp. Things you see a lot of in the galaxy. Name something you see a lot of in the galaxy. Back to Wookiee Radio. Go ahead, Derek. Uh, yeah. Stars. That's where I was going next. Number ah, number one answer. Number one, one answer. answer. Oh man. There oh, are there are y'all had number two. Of course. So three answers remaining. Back to us, right? Back to planet. planet. Number four. Yes. Wait, what was the first one? Yeah, we had a the the, the spaceship. Spaceship like was number, number two. Okay, all right. Nice. Okay, okay. All so right. we got two, four, and one. So we need three and five. Right. Correct. Right. Oh man. Oof. Okay. It's not so back to what uh, back to Wookie Radio. Don't, you, they can see you. <laughs> don't pant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Derek. What do you? Uh, think aliens, maybe. Mm. Sure, why not? Let's go aliens. Sure, why not? Number uh, five. five. One Three. answer remaining. If you get this right, this will be the first time we've ever gotten every answer on a card. Well, we're going to hopefully try and do this. this. What's the answer we're going with? Uh, yeah. Blasters or guns. guns. Yeah. I could see it in his face yeah, before he even before hit he the hit button. <laughs> he was like, nah. So we both have one strike right now. Well, I think we have we, two we strikes. Have two, I think. Now, two strikes. We have two strikes. Two strikes. Ah. And not the ball. Ah, but Derek, good kind. No. Derek, we can actually win this one. Very good. Don't get cocky. Ooh, that's, uh, that's a bit of pressure. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah. We usually, well, we don't usually win this game. <laughs> He's like, this is new for us. <laughs> Doesn't speak very well. I, I'm gonna non Star Wars fans though. Say planets. They already said that. We already said planets. Oh, did we? We already covered spaceships, planets, uh stars, stars. and aliens. Stars, stars, aliens. There's one left. Uh, number three. Oh my god! You already said asteroids, right, Ken? Yeah, I tried that. Yeah. Uh, boy. Find a galaxy. How do they word it, Mike? Name something you see a lot of in the galaxy. Space. Yeah, but what? Space. Space. <laughs> see a lot of space. space. Oh, that could be. <laughs> oh, it's not. Uh, oh no! Two strikes each. Oh, no. One more crack at each. Ooh, that good one. Good one. We're going to go with the very generic term, robots. (laughs) (laughs) That smile. (laughs) (laughs) You like that. Chance to steal. Derek, you think they would put in something like stormtroopers or something like that, maybe? Maybe. Yeah. It almost seems like I need to turn my video off during these questions. Oh, yeah. It's We're not watching lightsabers, you guys. Oh, was that? Um, One answer remaining. Chance uh, to steal. It's hard. It is hard. It's romantic. Yeah, that's for Wait, whose turn is it? Wookie Radio. It's ours. <laughs> okay, it's <laughs> la- this is the last guess out of everybody. 
<laughs> Do you have anything, Ken? Yeah, the only thing I can think of was something like troopers or or bounty hunters, something like that. I thought yeah. it says something you see in the galaxy, not specifically something you see out in space. A lot yeah. of, yeah. a lot of in the galaxy. And it, it is technically still a Star Wars question, so I kind of want the game to be over just so I can hear what yeah. the answer is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, well, this is our last chance, so <laughs> feel free to get the strike. <laughs> <laughs> I get, I guess, go with it. I guess I have. Let's I go got with nothing. Troopers. It's not going to be any more wrong than any other one. So you're sticking with Stormtroopers. Yeah, why not? (laughs) Number three answer. No way. But this is the first time they got all the answers. Yeah. This is the first time all all questions. This is our first time on the show. Right, it's true. So, I mean, we can't be be blamed. This is the first time we have actually completed a card. We got all the answers. So That's awesome. Awesome, you guys. Yeah. Good job. All so right. if you want, you could try and redeem yourself. We could go another round. Ooh. Or we could wait we and maybe do another round later. Up to you. I've never been one to redeem myself for anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's do another round a bit later on. I think that's yeah. like we got a good feeling okay, for what yeah. it's be, but that's a yeah. great thing to come back to. That's a fantastic thing. What, we what I was talking about, how the, you can't use the Star Wars side of your brain to answer these questions. The problem with me is my whole brain is a Star Wars brain. <laughs> I know. So. I shut that part off, then I might as well shut down for a while, sir. That's okay, (laughs) TPO. All right. <laughs> so, um, tell everyone who may not know about y'all show about y'all show. Ah, uh, yes. Well, we are conversations, and um, we I think it started out uh, with us annoying our wives in car trips to Disney, and um, that works. Just just talking Star Wars constantly and uh, having conversations about mm-hmm. Star Wars. So uh, they were conversations, and our wives uh, prompted us to talk to random people on the internet instead of them. Uh, so that's what we do now. And um, it's been um, uh, by our standards quite successful. <laughs> the, you know, they had encouraged us to uh, to do this because they found us mildly entertaining and funny. Um, I'd say maybe 25% of the time. I think and they were pet. Yeah, yeah, probably. But uh, now, now we get to do this and uh, sit outside on the lanai and have conversations with you guys about yeah. Star Wars and they're safely alone and not having to talk in Star Wars. Right, but we've also been we've also been introduced to a lot of awesome um, people that are fans of the franchise Correct. and and kind of good wholesome lighthearted fans. Yeah, which is great because we're not into like all the um, negativity, right, and all that stuff. So here, we here. like to um, connect with positive fans that just like to have a fun time with the franchise. Right. And and we've been We've we've become great friends with several people that um, are of that same mindset, which yeah. has been great. Yeah, and that's been one of the goals was that we always must want to have a good balanced approach to it. Like our conversations, we would have whether they're through you know through just chatting together or through text. It was always had that tinge of Star Wars, and uh, you know we've grown to love each one of the movies and episodes and series in different ways and Everything. seeing the positive. Yeah, and it's always yeah. there's always something good to look at, and that's what we try and bring to the show. We're both very positive people. Yes, so it's helped. To, to keep everything positive. Right, right. Yes. Okay. Well, the real 
world, especially the podcasting internet world, needs more of that positivity. Oh, I know yeah. that's what we try. We've always tried to do here too. I mean, you can be critical of something and not be negative. There's a difference. Like right. you right. don't have to like everything, but you don't have to like cut on it either. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 And listening to other people's perspectives, and you know, uh, I, you know, for me, for example, a prime example would be uh, the Clone Wars animated series. Uh, for the longest time, I just did not like it. It was not in my wheelhouse uh, when it came out. A, I didn't have access to it, uh, and I didn't watch it. And you it. didn't appreciate the animation style. Correct. I kind of turned you off. Right. So, Pat, when we first met, literally, when we first met, we he sort of was okay with the fact that I enjoyed watching Star Wars or Star Trek: The Next Generation. So he looked past that and saw my foundation <laughs> uh, nutshell of um, of uh, the original trilogy, and he said, "You really got to give Clone Wars a chance." And I said, oh, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever." Yeah. And then, and it took me a long time. And not only did I love that series at the end because of the breadth and width of the story and how much they enriched the story, the of characters, it yeah. gave me a brand new look on the entire prequel trilogy. And it's amazing how that uh, that story has expanded. And I just love it that much more, which is fantastic. And that's that's what being a fan is all about. Okay, so I'm going to ask then, since it sounds like one of you is more prequel trilogy, one of you more original trilogy, what mm-hmm. is the age gap? Well, if he's old. <laughs> aren't we it's all? Okay, you're in good company. Yeah. <laughs> no. Let's just say uh-huh. I can play Rex. You can play Obi Wan. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> and I mean, I mean Rex from Rebels. Yes. No. And we and, and we we have we have done when that when we went to the Galaxy's Edge. You had the the Rex yeah. cosplay on. You were looking on point. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. I did a little Kanan. Yeah. My daughter was Kanan. Ahsoka. Yeah. And my wife was Hera. Yeah. So we did the whole the whole Rebels. We did. Era. Yeah. The Rebels era, and I did um, that Rex. And, yeah. And that was that was awesome. Yeah. So um, like, there's 13 years between our our uh, ages. There is. There is. Now we both grew up um, on the original trilogy. Right. I saw them in theaters. I did not. <laughs> you only wish you could. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but I was um I was 14 when the Phantom Menace came out. So and I had already been a 10 year Star Wars fan at that point. So it was original trilogy for me since uh, <laughs> since seeing Indiana Jones in that that coffin that right. he's in that metal in coffin. the end of uh, Empire Strikes Back <laughs> was my first real exposure to to the franchise and. Um, you know, that was when I was about five years old. And uh, so we both really were were first exposed to the original trilogy. Yeah. Uh-huh. And we had recently realized that his first exposure, like you said, Indiana Jones, of course, uh, you know, being on <laughs> Solo and Carbonite. Yeah. Harrison yeah, as yeah. Indiana Jones. Right. And technically, the um, Empire Strikes Back was the first movie I saw at the drive-in. It was a double feature. It was Empire Strikes Back first and then the newly released, re-released uh, A New Hope after it. So that was my first exposure. Yeah, the theatrical, the theatrical release of Empire. Correct. For you. Yeah. So then, we we actually both were exposed to the same Star Wars movie 13 years apart, which is fantastic to think oh, about. Sound, so the way it sounds like, I'm still the oldest one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm yes, old. Because, uh, Eric, what was it? Empire was your first film? No. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to. God, I know we talk about this all the time, and I still keep my first film was, was Return. My first film was Star Wars in the theater. <laughs> no, it was the first. Yes, place. in the theater. Wow. Okay. okay. Mine was Jedi. Nice. Okay. okay. All right. The, the baby. The, right. Yeah. I ba- I barely remember seeing Jedi. <laughs> okay. Cool. Well, that's yeah. So I mean, we're all we're all four or five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Jedi was um eighty two, right? Correct. Eighty three. Eighty three. Yeah. Eighty three. Yeah. 83. Yeah. Seventy seven. Eighty and seven. So okay. no excuse, Dean. Right. At yeah. four years old. Four years old. <laughs> Travesty. Oh, <laughs> well, I was... 
I actually saw Star Wars in the drive-in movie theater, and it was a double, ah. and it was a double feature: Star Wars followed by Star Wars. <laughs> oh, that trumps it all. That hands down. That's fantastic. Yeah. All right. Have a great night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that wins. Um, so, with you, I, what was it about Clone Wars then that really changed your mind, or what was what was it that hooked you in Clone Wars that really changed, well, first made you change your mind? Two thirds the way through the Clone Wars movie. True story. True story. <laughs> okay, well, in his defense, he worked all day, and then yes. you know was, we started yeah, watching yeah. the Clone Wars movie on Netflix at like eleven thirty. Eleven thirty, and uh, I'd wake up and like, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Huh? <laughs> so I fell asleep for the Clone Wars movie. I think everyone um, else did too. So, (laughs) (laughs) the movie was rough. Uh, I think it was. Yeah. As as I think, not to speak out of turn. Yeah. But I think your um, hook was the relationship between Anakin and Obi Wan. Yes. Through the TV show that they didn't get to expand upon in the film. Yes. And once I started to see that relationship sort of be very um, subtle in the way they work with each other, and what little at that point I had seen again of Attack of the Clone. Um, and sort of seeing that lead in part. Like, you know, I've seen Phantom Menace probably the most, uh, sorry, uh, Render the Sith the most, Phantom Menace second most, and Attack of the Clones was sort of my, ugh, I don't want to see that one again. Mm-hmm. Um, that relationship really built my excitement to see the movie again. And as I saw how the Clone Wars started to go on those story arcs, uh, you know, like the classic Mortis and some of those other mm-hmm. ones where it really explored the lore of the Force, but also Star Wars. Like, And I just not trudged through them, but like, like you were like, hey, how many episodes have you watched? I watched a couple this week and I'll watch mm-hmm. them, you know, work out, whatever. And I think it was a slow build up to like, mm-hmm. I can't wait till I get the end of this. And that was yeah. the, but the hook, Pat's right, was the hook was uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin's relationship and how that was expanded. Okay. Well, I'm yeah, that's something that, um, uh, sorry, Mike, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I'd say that's something that the Clone Wars, I think one of the best things the Clone Wars did was after you watch the Clone Wars, then you get into the um, Revenge of the Sith. And all of a sudden, the amount of gravity that the um, Anakin, his turn on Obi-Wan, and the clone troopers turn on the Jedi. Because yeah, yeah, you actually get to know the clone troopers as people, right. not as just general cl- nameless clones. Yes. Yep. And as you're watching the film prior to seeing the series, uh, not to turn this into a Clone Wars uh, conversation or conversation, but... But um, not to not to go there. But when seeing the movie prior to this supplemental knowledge, you're like, oh, well, those troops that they were working with turned against them. Well, that stinks. Um, But then after seeing the series to see these troops that fought alongside their Jedi generals for years throughout this conflict to turn is is it becomes heartbreaking. And and the gravity of that change of that turn is just so much greater yep. because you know their history which mm-hmm. you know in films they don't get the chance to explore that as much right, right but right. seeing the film seeing the series when you go back to the movies and and you see that it's like oh my gosh it's so yeah. devastating yeah well even on in, the inception sorry go ahead in the revenge of the sith too where the there is that tighter relationship between the clones and the jedi only one has a name and that's commander cody mm-hmm. we don't get yeah 
Commander Gree or um, or Oppo with the 501st. Right. We, we don't get any Rex. of their names. Yep. Rex isn't around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we only get Cody. Yeah. Right. It's the only so true name. So they're very anonymous in the film, yeah. which lessens the impact. Right. Because you don't you don't see their interaction as well through the films. Right. And even when that's 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 kind of what brought because when you initially saw the prequels, you were less than enthused. Yes. Yep. And then after seeing you know totally the, the series, yeah. you've gone back to the prequels and have a greater appreciation. For right. And even with the attack, as the, do I. Right. And even with Attack of the Clones, and we were Pat and I were just talking about this a couple of days ago, where like what's what's your favorite part or sequence of Attack of the Clones? And one of mine that I brought up was the, the entire Camino section because it does introduce us to those fascinating characters. You see the inception of where those characters came from. And you, I look, mm-hmm. I remember looking at the last time I watched it, I was like, I wonder where Cody is in there. I wonder where Rex is and Gregor and Fives and all those different characters. Like that's where yeah. it all began. And that even adds that layer of mystery, but, uh, but also, um, uh, I don't know, uh, heaviness to yeah. knowing where that, that story finally ends. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of moments coming to us from the galactic podcast, they have, the ah. question, they have, the question what is one moment from each trilogy that resonated with you the most and why we'll we're going to take this all the way around though let's start with that oh so pat why don't you go first okay um okay so let's see original trilogy i think the most impactful uh event in the original trilogy would be the end of empire because i hadn't up until that point i had not seen a film where the good guys lose in the end Mm. And Luke's got no hand. You know the the Darth Vader is winning. Hans and Carbonite. You know ah, all true. the all the rebels are like decimated. The whole bit. So it's it's very much like shocking to see that movie end that way. You know, which of course is not the end of the of the series, but it's still you, you know most conflicts that I had seen on screen had been resolved by the end credits, and that one is not. So that was very impactful to me. Very cool on the original trilogy. And then I think uh, the prequel trilogy to, to kind of go chronologically I think the prequel trilogy was um, the the turn and the fight on Mustafar between Anakin and Obi-Wan because you really you really see that whole course of three films build up to that turn mm. and um, and of course the, the acting in the scene was fantastic yes. And, yes. and just the you know, choreography was, was well done um, and then I think the sequel trilogy for me I liked Ah, I didn't like, I don't want to say like, but I think one of the most surprising aspects of the sequel trilogy was when uh, Kylo Ren killed Han Solo. Good one. Yeah, Yeah. that was, that was, I mean, I I saw it coming. You see that walkway? Yeah. And there's no handrails, which is an OSHA violation, by the way. (laughs) Um, But that's also a um, Imperial slash First Order requirement is no (laughs) handrails. <laughs> Just like those guys on the first Death Star, right? The, the, all we asked for was yeah. All we asked for was really, really. Yes. So they think we'd lean on it. Yeah. Um. So I, you know, even though I saw it coming, the impact was like this is the character I've loved my literally my entire life, mm. and he's just been killed on screen. And wow, it's terrible. Yeah. So I think that that was that was very heavy for me. Um. I might have to reevaluate after Rise of Skywalker, mm. but. I think still that was that was the most impactful. 
impactful moment um, cool. of the sequel trilogy for me. Okay. okay. What about you, Charles? Well, for me, I would say for the original trilogy, uh, it would have to be the uh, attack on Hoth mm. by the uh, at-ats, uh, the AT-ATs. Of course, Pat's wearing the shirt right now, of course, is what's where the party's at at. Um, <laughs> but um, that was the quintessential scene yes. that had me hooked. I mean, like I said, I, I grew up in Canada, uh, so it was a with the cold snow. tundra with the snow. Uh, I didn't have all those speeders and cool blasters, but um, seeing those very foreboding and threatening and scary looking machines, I had no idea what I was watching. And that was immediately it's like, wow, I am hooked. So that's that. That's my definite uh, original trilogy. Uh, when I was... I'm just glad when the ad showed up, they did not have to cancel the Winter Olympic that like blasted that year. <laughs> 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 you wouldn't have had the miracle on ice. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Sorry, that, that came from, I don't know if y'all have seen the video where um, I guess they're doing moguls, mogul competition. Here's the oh, badass yeah. blasting him and everyone's falling after. They keep yelling at the moguls and, the, and it shows the blast and then the person falls. <laughs> it's so I haven't good. seen that. That's it's awesome. so good. <laughs> Oh man, that's good. It's really um, good. We have to watch it. From the prequel trilogy, I would have to say that my original answer probably would have been Order sixty six. It would have mm-hmm. been Order sixty six because that's like the sort of the turn and the purge of the Jedi and where the entire story took a, a turn. But now, after having seen the Clone Wars, I'm gonna have to say it's Obi Wan and Anakin's lightsaber battle on Mustafar. That one was already called. You have both Darth Maul. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, was, you, you didn't mention you, my brother. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, that's a good point, I guess, you know, but the... No, 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 it's fine. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, you can have be, your own opinion. Be, be second, please. Um, but that, that's like when it, Obi-Wan and you were my brother. Yes. Uh, the, the reason why that has become the turning point for me is because it's because of the, um, the, the Clone Wars, the animated series. And that, that's how much of an impact that animated series has had on me as a, you know, for their relationship and how it turned from Attack of the Clones into Revenge of the Sith. And that's how much more important that scene is to me. Okay. That would be my, um, my prequel. And for the sequel trilogy, uh, I'm going to go to um, The Last Jedi and I'm going to go with Luke's passing into the Force. Um, ah. It's a massively impactful scene. Um, it's a It was a tough scene to see, but for me, it was the ultimate end of mm-hmm. his story and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. He he, he turned from what he was at the beginning of the movie to the hero that he wanted to be by the end. He did his last stand. He had his hero moment, yes. and he passed into the Force, and it was beautiful. I absolutely love it, and every time I see it, I cannot help but get emotional. Yes. So that's my... Uh, Excellent choice. Derek, huh? you're up. All right, so... What was the actual question again? <laughs> Where were you in the uh, Winter Olympics? <laughs> oh, okay. The actual question I was, was uh, if a woodchuck could woodchuck wood, how much wood would woodchuck chuck in the Star Wars universe? Seven. Seven. Actually, that, that's, um, what was it I saw today? How many Fords could Harrison Ford drive if Harrison Ford could Ford a Ford or some, something like that? <laughs> <laughs> With like Ford Fiesta. No, I want to. I want to. What was the What was the actual word? What was the actual wording of the question? What is one moment is from one each moment trilogy? From each trilogy. I'm hearing a delay on my. I don't know why I'm hearing. Um, what is one moment from each trilogy that ha- that resonated with you the most, and why? 
that resonated with me the most. Okay. Um, so the original trilogy, I'm going to go with the very first moment of the first movie where you see the taint of four fly over and then you see that the star destroyer follow it right then, right from that moment. That's when, um, hooked right at that moment. I'm like, okay, this is my, this is my movie. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's great. Uh, So, um, I guess sequels, sequels or prequels. 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 We'll go in chronological order. If we must. The prequel, (laughs) the prequels, I think the moment that got me the most was when, uh, Jar Jar jumped off that building and committed suicide. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. That was a dream I had. Never mind. Uh, See, that's another character that the Clone Wars made better. Hey, poor George. We just did yeah. a bit with George. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll say the moment for me in the Clone Wars, in uh, the Clone Wars, in the original trilogy, was the moment when um, everybody was looking over the uh, over Palpatine's clone army. Mm. You know the okay. you know yeah. the yeah. Yeah. when they're all yeah. up on the balcony looking over. Yeah, and you can see every arm. Yes. Um, that yeah. moment, I was like, "Oh, I see what Palpatine's doing." Yeah, that was a shadowing. No one else does. That was a very yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and for the sequel trilogies, sequel trilogy, I would say. Um, I will say it's the uh, because even though I saw it a million times in the trailers, it still got me even when I saw the movie. It's the part where Han and Chewie walk on the Falcon and Han says, we're home. That was very great. much the goosebump moment. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. definitely. Yeah. That was in the second trailer, was it not? Was that the second trailer they released for Force Awakens? I think, I think they did I the teaser. I think so. Yeah, it was in the first real, real trailer, trailer had them that. at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody went bananas. bananas. And that's when we made the t-shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was right. Yeah. Yeah, those were for Star Wars Weekend. Yes, that was the last Star Wars <gasps> Weekend. Star Wars. Yes. Oh, that was what, 2016, right? Yeah. Uh, was it 20 or 2015? Mm. I can't remember. I worked there. <laughs> we got the therapist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we were there for the last year they did them. Uh, when we saw uh, James Arnold Taylor. Yes, and yeah. Ian McDermott. And Ian McDermott. And Frank Oz. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good one. Oh, okay. Yes, all right. So, uh, last one was 2015, yeah. Cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, Ken. That was too great. See, now that I've, I'm going fourth, that means all the good, really good ones have been taken. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, hey, nothing says you I can't repeat. Well, no, for original trilogy, I gotta go something out of Jedi, just because that's my favorite one of the original three. And I think I um, like different things for different reasons. Right. right. Yeah. 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 Everything totally, totally makes sense. Yeah. So, for, yeah, and actually for me, the, probably the most impactful on those is um, not the um, I'm your father from Empire, but it's Vader actually choosing his son over the dark side at the end the, in the Death Star 2. Mm-hmm. Actually turning to the light and seeing that um, the the son's love for his father brought him back from the dark side. Yeah, that's right. fantastic. That is a fantastic choice because it brought Which actually, it goes into kind of a theme because you get the exact opposite in the prequels where um, Anakin's love for Padme facilitates his fall to the dark side. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely awesome. That is awesome. That's great. Yeah. So, and then the, the sequel, the um, sequel trilogy 
trilogy, it had to be something out of Force Awakens, just because that whole movie was just a uh, um, nostalgia trip the whole way through. Mm-hmm. Did you, it just you, felt right. Did you skip the prequels? No, the prequels was the um, whole idea of <laughs> Anakin falling to the dark side because of... Okay, that's right. right. Okay, that was your one. Okay. It's more the concept than actually a specific moment. Sorry, I was, I was, in, a, I was in a producer <laughs> mode for a second. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, wait a minute. <laughs> following the um, checklist. 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 We don't need no skin check. For me, the um, it'd probably have to be the just like Derek said, Chewie were home. Because that whole movie, I when it first came out, a lot of people said talk about how it was retreading a lot of stuff from the original trilogy in these. But I always looked at it as, you know what? This is the first time we've ever seen Star Wars not made by George Lucas. Yeah. So they have to do something that is that feels like Star Wars that you can close your eyes and say, This is Star Wars, and that's what they did. They didn't break yeah. a whole lot of new ground. But they didn't. They that first movie they couldn't, right? Because everybody would have been screaming, saying, "Wait, this is not my Star Wars." They had to bring you back into right. Star Wars after yeah. such a break. Yeah, sure, exactly. Virginia. That's yeah. why um, I didn't have a whole lot of problem with um, the um, um, with Jedi there, the second one, because it's like they had already shown us we can make Star Wars the way you want. Now let's throw the book out the window and uh, go in a different direction. Right. Yeah, and it still feels like it's in the right universe. It's just a totally new story. Absolutely, right. absolutely. And then uh, JJ when he comes back. Back for the for um, Rise of Skywalker had no choice but to put everything he could in this two hour movie. Yes. Yeah, and he that's why we're getting the book like seventeen more scenes in it. Yeah, and you know a forty two year history and uh, eight other movies. You got to wrap it all up with a nice bow. Everything to the mm-hmm. yeah. uh, It's very daunting, uh, very daunting task. Yeah, absolutely. And very well done. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, uh, most resonating moment from the original trilogy. Um, it's very close in timeline where Derek chose for the original trilogy. Except I'm going. I Hair a few minutes later when Vader walks through the door, the Tantify for that first time. Mm. You got all that smoke and the fog, and he's walking through. Um, and you're like, to me, he's like, okay, this guy is bad. I don't want to be anywhere near him. He's terrifying. And, and, and what? <laughs> and what's going to happen with the rest of the movie? Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, you you just don't know. Um, you could almost single-handedly that scene being the one scene that put Darth Vader on the top of every villain list for the yeah. rest. Of time. Yeah. He's in the top yeah. 10 villains of all of cinema for some reason, but that, it's like that, that scene is all you needed. That put him right there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's menacing. I mean, just the, the uh, you know, all the um, the music surrounding his entrance and his, his stature and the fact that all the stormtroopers are in white, he's in black, just all that kind of stuff just puts him on another level. Right. So when you see him, you're like, oh, this dude's bad news. And that's, that's, that's where well, you are. You, 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 you knew right away he was a bad guy. Any other yeah. Movies that had bad guys in it. Sometimes you weren't sure if that was a bad guy. You knew mm-hmm. bad guy, to, mm-hmm. you know, and it can be terrifying. We don't know. Then we see him pick up the guy and then throw him when he yeah. when he couldn't get the answers he wanted. Um, but for me, resonating moment um, is when he when we first see him and he comes through. Stormtroopers come yeah. through. They jump to the side, line up, and he's walking. Around. It's like okay, this guy's evil, but he commands. <laughs> he, he, yeah. he commands a present. Uh, for the prequels. For me, it's um, the whole scene on Geonosis where the Jedi are fighting that whole sequence. And then all of a sudden, in the arena, arena, and then the clones come in with the gunships and form the circle. Because that, that to me, is now taking, is giving that little bit of hypocrisy that with the government and with the the peacekeepers and now forcing Mm -hmm. everyone into into a... um, 
Oh, I can't think of my fr- the phrasing I'm wanting. It, it, for putting them into situations or into a a realm that they Conf- don't want into, they put them into a conflict they don't want to be a part of. Right. The Jedi don't want to be. They don't want to be yeah. an army. They want to be peacekeepers. Now, now they are the law. And, uh, instead yeah, of negotiators. That's the first step into that entire. Oh, that's fast. That's really cool. That's the first. Point. I think a lot of that too is you know with Palpatine's manipulation. I know we talked about this on ours a little bit with Palpatine, but he distracted them by feeling like they had this burden to lead the army because it was what's best for the galaxy. Right. But then it also distracted them from their original purpose of being peacekeepers. Yeah. Wow. And then oh. and in the sequel trilogy, it's when we see Han in Rise of Skywalker oh. starting the redemption of Kylo Ren. Yeah. yeah. And it's How that and it's these. that moment of, of Han forgiving him. Yes. And to some because we, we knew Harrison Ford did not want to be in the movie because that's why he was hoping carbonite i'm done i <laughs> i don't have to be a part uh-huh. of this and then he was yeah. talked back into it and then we had yeah. return of the jedi but he still wanted to be killed by the independent jedi never happened <laughs> so to be given that moment yeah. and then to, to and i guess for me to have harrison ford come back which what a great secret that was yeah yes but to have him come back as a a figment of kylo's mind mm-hmm. and start that redemption process Good. uh I mean, that, that was a force ghost moment for someone who's not more sensitive. And it was so yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, but that whole impact. And, and for me, having just lost my dad two years prior, um, I kind of I kind of touched on that a little bit. So, yeah, I'm sure it resonated with you. A yeah. Lot, a lot. Yeah. It, it, I mean, yeah. God, I can't imagine seeing that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What a, what a great scene to to see, you know, to kind of vicariously deal with that through the character. Yeah. That's awesome. And we've seen it no matter how many times. Pat and I have seen that that one scene doesn't matter I know what's coming I mean the first time yeah. I saw it we saw it together in theaters I missed the I know I met like can you yes. imagine because I was right. so enraptured with the entire scene I missed the I know so I was already bawling like a baby when he was there and when I saw it the second time the very next day and I heard it and it was like a completely new scene for me and to go to sort of witness that and go through that uh, and the other two times that I've seen it it's it, the exact same emotional impact doesn't matter that I know what's coming it's the the gravity of of that yeah, scene, scene is completely uh, carries its weight every time. Yeah. yeah. Now, I will say my favorite Easter egg moment, if we wanted to go that route, comes from the sequel trilogy. It actually comes from the last film, and that's the Goonies moment with Ray when she's staring at the Death Star, where she holds the chip up. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. and it or holds the dagger up, and, and it, it fits with the with the the the, the curvature uh, or like yeah. the, the the contour of the Death right. Star. Yeah. So she and knows exactly where it's at. The Goonies moment, because remember in Goonies, uh, he's got the yeah. It's the coin? Willie's coin, yeah. Yeah, the the coin. That shows you where everything is. Oh. (laughs) That's that's awesome. It's It's the Goonies moment. I didn't even catch that. Me neither. That's like complete revelation. I got it. Wow. As, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh, Goonies. Very nice nod. <laughs> Very nice nod. Um, now, coming to us from uh, WSTR Media, why do you love cosplay so much? So this must be directed at you guys. Oh, boy. Um, well, I'll go first. Sure, it's not Pat has to you, to, uh, Mike. Right here. Yeah, cosplay. It's, um, well, here's Pat. He's back here. Um, he's coming in scene. Here. 
And uh, there's Pat. <laughs> <laughs> so for those who can't see, uh, Pat is wearing his uh, Mandalorian um, cosplay helmet and that he built with uh, EVA foam and um, <laughs> and has done an, an amazing job. He's actually built this for his uh, his Disney run that he's doing, um, but we'll also be uh, featuring this at our uh, con appearances this, this coming weekend. But it's appropriate that he's sitting here with a helmet on his head because my exploration with cosplay play begins with Pat and when we went to Celebration Orlando in uh, 2017 and the I think I had apprehension for being dressed up I mean I've done things like that in the past but never really just for the, the sake of it and once Pat was like okay cool what are we going to go as well we'll go as uh, Endor uh, you know you can do uh, Luke and I'll do Han and uh, his wife uh, Kelly will do Leia and uh, his daughter Emily would do Ray because we're going to meet Luke's uh, we're going to meet Mark Hamill there it's like, oh, okay, cool. Sounds great. It's like, okay, I'm going to get quote unquote dressed up. Um, never done that before in that capacity. But the moment I started assembling my cosplay, it was it was like an infection. You you start <laughs> watching the movies and you start looking for details and how you can, how can I most look like Luke on Endor? Oh, he's got the black top and he's got the white little triangle part. What does that look? Oh, it comes off the, you know, it goes to the right. Does it go to the left? It's a, for me, it's a, how closely can I reproduce that? That look from the character that I'm trying to get and I put it on we got out of the car that morning we drove there that morning and as soon as we walked in people immediately reacted to the it cosplay the poncho and everything. yeah I had the poncho yeah. Pat had yeah. uh, spray painted the poncho uh, he had built me a baseball um, uh, baseball helmet uh, rebel helmet uh, made it up from scratch from supplies from Goodwill and it was amazing and the people's reaction it didn't matter that I didn't look like Luke I don't I know I don't look like Luke, but it was the cosplay, and people really wanted to start taking pictures, and they felt that experience. And from that moment, uh, it became a uh, uh, really an experience for me that it's not about me; it's about what I'm invoking in the movie for the people that are seeing it, and they enjoy it. And that was makes my enjoyment that much more. Okay, that's Pat D Thrones <laughs> or D Helmets. D Helmets. I have to adjust my uh, my headphones a little bit. Um, yeah, it's it's I'm a child. <laughs> Point <laughs> blank. And I, um, uh, the opportunity to kind of, you know, take on the role of these characters we did at, um, Celebration Chicago. We did. <laughs> <laughs> we did, um, I guess it was Cad Bane and um, Hondo Onaka from, from the Clone Wars on one of the days. Yes. <laughs> and we had so much fun. And everyone had so much fun. Yeah. I think we were, there was like one other Cad Bane and one other Hondo. Yeah, she was but awesome. But they weren't together. No. Nope. And just, you know, just the interactions you know, between us and between yeah. guests. Yes, because we were in character. Yeah, we were absolutely in character. And, um, you know, people, a lot of people would come up like, uh, there was a there was excellent looking Darth Maul, and people come up and be like, you know, great cosplay, and they'd be like, thanks, bud, you know? And they'd come up to us and be like, great cosplay, and we'd be like, cosplay? You want to talk about cosplay? You know, just just right. being a character, and everyone was like, oh my gosh, like, this is Hondo and Cad Bane. Yeah. And then, of yeah. course, then 3PO and R2, yeah. where you got to uh, try 
try on your your three PO chops. Yeah. And um, it's just it's it's. I mean, I'm sure that um, Mike can attest to what happens when people come to Disney <laughs> and see the in character uh, characters, like face characters and such, um, at Disney, where they um, feel like they're interacting with that character, not a person, but that character. And you know, when we we you know knowing Star Wars as well as we do when we were able to kind of evoke those characters and provide that experience for other people is really very cool yeah and um and so we um that's kind of the approach we took and uh continue to take and it's been um it's been really i think i think neat for other people but uh neat for us as well and what and pat's being very humble but what i'm gonna say is that his building skills are i mean you you saw the helmet we posted pictures but on our different social media sites but um his building skills are second to none. I mean, for me, it's movie quality and what he comes up with. And that's part of where my inspiration comes from is that I'm trying to match his attention to detail. And it just, it's small details, but those details then help not only with our quote unquote in character interpretation, but the people who see us look at it and just are dumbfounded. I mean, we went, uh, the uh, one of the other days we did uh, Kit Fisto and Plo Koon at Celebrations uh, Chicago. And we were walking around and a lot of people are enjoying it and everything. And one guy, uh, he was, you know, probably Pat's age. And he was literally, he stood up, they were sitting uh, sitting on the ground charging their phones. And he literally jumped up off the ground. He says, oh my God, former Walt Disney World. No, no, uh, Disneyland. Disneyland uh, cast member. And he played Kit Fisto for a time. And he oh. just lost his marbles and got pictures and everything. And that was, you know, mm-hmm. it was fun for us because it took both of us a lot of time to make that happen. It wasn't perfect, but it was, it did a really good job and it was fun. It was, that's the kind of uh, feedback that for us, we put a lot of effort into it. Someone else enjoyed it. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Do you take commissions? That's cool. What's that? Commissions? Do you take commissions? We might. Because I, yeah. my daughter wants a Sabine helmet so bad. Ooh, I made my daughter a Sabine yes. outfit. We actually, we do, my daughter and I do the run Disney events. Okay. Um, the Star, Star Wars ones. And so you'll be uh, up I guess here the, next month. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's the Mando is for my 10K. Uh, I think the 5K, I'm just doing the Jedi Mickey. Yeah, but, he's wussing um, out with Jedi Mickey. <laughs> But uh, so uh, I think the first year we did, uh, I was C-3PO and she was BB-8. And then we did um, Kanan and Sabine. And she, at the time, had short hair like Sabine had. So we, we, she colored, we did, yeah, the, colored it. We yeah. did the uh, like hairspray paint and, um, and she had the Sabine outfit and all. And um, so then uh, on the race course is Sabine and Ezra. So in front of a TIE fighter wing. So, you know, she went up there and Sabine and her kicked me and Ezra out and had <laughs> a girl's like photo shoot in the middle of the race <laughs> i was like we gotta we gotta, we gotta make up time like we, we still have a mile and a half to run here um but uh yeah so i've i've done a sabine helmet yes my daughter actually and you've also seemed to have omitted uh, omitted from that story that people stopped you to run participants to also take pictures with beyond the characters that were supplied by disney yes but i think they just wanted to hold the dark saber <laughs> This is true. Because we made Darksaber. Ah. Well, yes, we made, that's, we also, made... yeah, that's also another uh, tool. We may yeah, have to... now you're working better, Darksaber. Yes. Yeah. 
3D printing that. We may have to talk after show about actually <laughs> another Sabine helmet. Absolutely fine, because we love um, we love everything we are, everything we do, everything we create is like um, uh, to us anyway um, a bit of uh, creative art. Yeah, so. and release too yeah. from reg- regular life. It's a it's a challenge. Like I said, you know, yes. we we go for the detail, and uh, it's a challenge to make it look as quick as closely as possible as to the real thing. Mm-hmm. I think this may be our last question slash topic. I'm looking at my timeline. Um, okay. and I know we're going to get pretty deep on this one. Uh, this is from Cam Ray on Twitter. My reading of Star Wars novels has only just begun in, lo- in the past three years and has only encompassed current SW canon material. First, should I also delve into the EU? And if so, where to start? And then secondly, how can Eddie Mullen's mom be so perfect? Babe scale reads 11 of 10. So the second part, there's got to be backstory to this. Yeah. I'll take... <laughs> I'll take part two first. Yeah, and yeah, that yeah, one. yeah let's, let's put that fire out while we're yeah. here. So Cam and Eddie um, are two fantastic guys who um, sort of recently popped up on our radar. Um, Star Wars fans, huge Star Wars fans. And they are probably two of the most balanced people, but they immediately take everything to your mom jokes, basically. And they have such a wealth of knowledge of Star Wars that they are able to tie their mothers into Star Wars within seconds and provide gifts, which is pretty impressive um so the mere fact that cam tagged eddie um and eddie hasn't replied yet probably means that eddie's on assignment or something because usually there would have been 15 or 20 other sub tweets to that um and perhaps even tatooine times would have been chimed in but um yes they have a blast and um we've encouraged them to start their own podcast because it's that funny and it's basically star wars uh the war of your mothers or something along those lines where they pick one topic and within 30 seconds they're trashing each other's mothers so that's part two it's so ridiculous <laughs> but it's hilarious too uh part one you've that's done a, a lot more audiobooks than i have i have uh with yes commute yeah uh but i am um i have read the original timothy zahn uh thrawn novel right and they're 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 and um i'm currently reading um oh gosh i don't even remember what it's called uh it's <laughs> i should have done some research it's called um a new Dawn, and it's uh, it's basically Kanan meeting Hera uh, yeah. in the times of uh, of uh, mm-hmm. pre uh, original trilogy mm-hmm. era, uh, sort of Rebels era. Um, so yeah. I'm almost done that, and it's been um, it's been uh, a, a decent read so far um, to greater appreciate the Rebels characters. But um, uh, you've you've delved into a lot of the new canon stuff as well, right? I think well, that's I've been exclusively in new canon and uh, Disney era canon, uh, especially. For for, uh, you know, just acquiring more knowledge about the characters that are part of that world. And uh, the, I can't, like I said, I can't really speak to uh, EU, uh, but one of the best examples of current canon that really expanded the way I can think about the uh, the Star Wars universe was the, uh, from a sort of certain point of view mm-hmm. and those short stories and how uh, oh, yeah. they take common, or sorry, not common, well-known scenes, characters uh, from the original trilogy, well, from uh, A New Hope, and give this backstory to some really fascinating 
main characters and delve into the the scenes that happened off camera, as it were. Mm-hmm. And while it's still accepted as canon, it really does help understand that there are other stories out there that support these characters within the moments that we perhaps see on screen. Right. And that's a great first step. That would be my suggestion mm-hmm. for canon uh, books. Okay. Well, before yeah. I pass this question off to Derek and Ken, and then of course myself, I'm going to clarify the EU, Expanded Universe. Uh, as we've said many times on this show, even George himself did not consider mm-hmm. the original EU canon. So uh. if you're looking into reading what was quote unquote original canon, watch the film. Yeah, mm, that's about it. And the novels, as long as they're not contradicted by something else. Correct. Right. The original, hey. the original hey. trilogy novels, the actual novelization yeah. of the three movies. Uh. Like they have now for the sequel right, trilogy. Right, right. That's what they had had for the original three. Gotcha. And, um, and well, those they, are and they, about they, it. They did the novelizations for the prequels as well. Yeah. Um, and so that, all those were considered canon as long as it didn't contradict well, something else. Right. So as long as not contradicted. Okay, because films being the sort of the top of the pyramid. And yeah. And you go right. from there. Gotcha. So, um, Derek, since you are, I'm going to save our resident book reader for last, since he comes <laughs> over more. Derek, why don't you go next? Your thoughts. If I need to reread the question, I will be watched. Um... I would say, well, first of all, it's it's kind of tricky for me with the um, expanded universe because it's no, well, it never really was canon, and and because it's it's basically been you know relegated to to legend status. I'd kind of say at this point, if you haven't read them, I would I personally would say focus on the new stuff that's actually in canon. I mean, there's some great stories in expanded universe but there's also some <laughs> convoluted stories and they you know yeah. that was that was one of the problem one of the things about the expanded universe that always bothered me was was that it, it just kind of got out of hand after a while yeah do we really need like silent that's what i would say long war. right yeah <laughs> and you know and each one says something different right yeah um got a lot of that, that that would be as far as that goes that would be my take on it and and um, I would say also for the new stuff, I'd say uh, I would definitely say read the Af- Aftermath series mm-hmm. oh, yeah. um, because it's it's an interesting bridge between the, the original trilogy and, and the sequel trilogy. Yep. Mm-hmm. It sets uh, up a lot. It yep. does. Yes, it does set up a lot, including a minor character who was a major character in the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. With the last name that begins with F. Um, for me, <laughs> obviously keep reading. The, the current reading or listening to the current stuff as that is what's current canon and um, not only the novels but read the comics well yeah because, yeah I was going to say um, that yeah. Afra I mean there, Afra. there's a there's a whole backstory with Afra <laughs> across two different lines that uh, here's a character we haven't seen on screen yet we may see on screen um, but apparently there's a lot of stuff that apparently they've written some of her actions as consequences that tie into trilogies. Mm-hmm. Um, the Galaxy's Edge mini, when you read yes. it yeah, I, before I going to Galaxy's Edge, because I told these guys after reading book one, I'm like, if there's not a baby Sarlacc at Doc Ondar's, <laughs> I'm going to throw a fit because yeah. I want to see the baby Sarlacc. But not to worry. Yes. Cause baby Sarlacc. Sarlacc. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, with the EU, where should you delve? Um, I would say the Heir to the Empire series with the whole Thrawn trilogy, um, which was great. Uh, I would go Splinter of a Mind's Eye. Yeah. 
Yes. Mm, yeah. um, both of so those. Isn't that the initial uh, kind of sequel to A New Hope had the film not been successful, right? Correct. That's the rumor, but yes, it was yeah. the sequel. That, that was the rumor, yeah. Okay. Um, also, it was the same author who did the um, original uh, novelization of Star Wars, even <laughs> though it was because Alan Dean Foster was the ghostwriter for the original Star Wars novel, and George right. Lucas had his name on it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's not too surprising. <laughs> so for, okay. for original trilogy, I would say Heir to the Empire and, and mm-hmm. Splinter in the Mind's Eye. Or around the, the prequel era, I would go with the whole Republic Commando line, the four books. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, which, which ends with the fourth book being the 501st Commando, which is pre, which is post Revenge of the Sith, ah. where they're now the Imperial Commando. Ooh, okay. Under under the five hundred first. Nice, and, and that's a great series. Um, and Travis is such. I, I believe she has a military background as it is, and the way she handles the books, uh, especially with commandos, totally awesome. And of course, we see the commandos in um, you know, so they are canon. We do see them in uh, one of the episodes of Clone Wars. Uh, once yeah. again, either season four or season five. So we know they exist, right. and, and we it's do see scores. We and we see yeah. scores. So we know they're canon. It's just the stories from the Republic Commando books and the game are not canon. Yeah, but the characters right. are. But yeah, the characters right. are. Uh, but I would yeah. say those are good reads. Um, and then the last book I I love from the that really stands out for me from the EU era is the Millennium Falcon book, where it goes mm-hmm. through the pre all the history before Lando gets it. How it had a different name before the oh. Falcon, before it was given Millennium Falcon, That's um, cool. wow. etc. So uh, wow. that, that was an enjoyable read. Very cool. That's some great knowledge on the EU stuff for sure that's yeah. fantastic mm-hmm. so Ken our book guru well yeah well I wouldn't go that far because I've not read the Republic Commando series but um, <laughs> I wrote a lot of the EU and I think you don't have to read the EU for current Star Wars no but it is great for just great stories in the galaxy far far away um, and actually you had mentioned you like from a certain point of view there's actually a couple of books in the old EU that were of that style there was a Tales from the Moss Eisley Cantina and it was mm-hmm. tales of different guys that were wandering through yeah, yeah. you had a Tales from Jabba's Palace was another anthology one, and it was all the different mm-hmm. people that were in Jabba's Palace in Return of the Jedi, but it was stories of them. And they were all just short stories. Um, there was a couple of those, but um, if you want to delve into the EU, you guys have hit it right. I would say first things first is um, the anything Timothy Zahn, but especially the original Timothy Zahn trilogy, mm-hmm. because that was the first, other than Split of the Mind's Eye and what was it, Han Solo had a trilogy back in the yeah. real early 80s, yeah. and there was Mother. a couple of Lando uh, books. Yes, that's the right. Smugglers. Uh, yeah. Something. But those yeah. were in the way early, extremely early, like back when they were still making movies that they put yeah. those couple of books out. Uh, after that, yeah, right. Between the Empire and uh, <clears throat> Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, a lot of times you can look at, if it wasn't for Heir to the Empire, Dark Force Rising, and Last Command, we don't have Star Wars like we do now. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it, Star Wars was dead. The only yeah. thing still going for Star Wars when those books came out was the old West End's role-playing game. Yeah. So there were role-playing game players playing it, but that's all there was. Star Wars was done. Until out of nowhere you get Heir to the Empire and it sparks this entire Star Wars publishing empire, yes. which I think is one of the main reasons why Lucas was what, like, wait, maybe there is still some life here. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. That's like like pre-Dark Times basically, the yeah. prequels to the Dark Times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is the end of, this oh, is the, yeah. light at the end of the Dark Times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that yeah. Wow. Yeah. Heir to the Empire I think was like 91. Yeah, wow, that's a big gap. Mm-hmm. Wow. So yeah. uh, the, the closest thing to that would have been the droids and Ewok series and they were done in 85 yeah. I think yeah. yeah so you're looking at like 86 
96 through 91 yeah. where there was a role playing game. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. But um, oh, the role playing game went all the way up to the late 90s. I mean, they still were putting out stuff until Wizards of the Coast got the license. Yeah. Wow. But um, no, definitely anything Tim Fizan wrote is awesome, no matter what, including the new canon stuff. He's, he's an exceptional writer. Yeah. Really yes. Is. So even his stuff outside of Star Wars, if you get a chance, um, his um, Conqueror's trilogy is amazing. It's three books. One is from this, um, it's this alien race that's attacking the Earth. So one book is from the Conqueror's point of view. The second book is from the Earth point of view. And the third one is the two of them together figuring out what's going on. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's cool. So, for me, the current stuff, I think um, a must is the Dooku audiobook. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dooku That's on my that's on my list yeah. at uh, Audible. Yep. Yeah. That's uh, I've heard so many great things after Master and Apprentice, which again even reinforced the oh. uh, the uh, relationship between uh, not Pretty just uh, Qui Gon and Obi Wan, but also Obi Wan and um, and Anakin. Uh, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Well, another one. That, uh, you real quick. Um, if you read Alphabet Squadron, that's out now. Working on that right now. Go back, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Go back after you read that. Go back and read the Rogue Squadron series. Yeah. Okay. 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 You'll see that. You'll see some very good similarities. I mean, there's like 10 books in Rogue Squadron, but it is awesome listen, seeing this, and it's Wedge and Tilly's leading Rogue Squadron. Oh, okay. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Of course, if you're reading <laughs> Alphabet Squadron, make sure you grab the TIE Fighter series from Marvel. Because they coincide. Oh, yeah. They're, they're yeah. supposed oh, to match yeah. each other. Now, with yeah. Dooku, I was I was not a big Dooku fan or supporter of the character until I heard the audiobook. And then the audiobook just brought him to a whole new light. And I'm like, okay, now I understand why he is what he is and how he he thinks the way he does and sees the light in the way he sees the light um it makes a lot of sense that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's awesome. how someone was able to pull that all um so while we while we can start winding this down do you guys have any questions for us chance to turn the table Ooh. Ooh. hey unexpected but- <laughs> for sure um i've got a question for mike mm. oh, sorry <laughs> 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 there are no wrong no wrong questions except that one. <laughs> uh, we not only did we finish the, all the questions from the uh, the the Star Wars feud, but I also got a question for him. Um, the since you work at Disney uh-huh. and uh-huh. you you experience the land to the degree that you're able to, uh-huh. um, have you a uh, have you visited Legoland? Ah, uh, it's it's been years since I visited Legoland. And to bring it back to Star all Wars, the cool kids go to Galaxy's End. Yes, but bringing it back to Legoland because now Star Wars Miniland is now gone, has been erased and completely removed. There's now from Legoland. no reason to go. There. Right, right. Well, they still have Ray and BB-8 and some characters in the store because they still sell the, the Star Wars Lego. But um, I've been there several times. My son is ten. Uh, we have an annual pass. We go there with one of his buddies. Um, last time we were there last fall, Star Wars Star Wars Miniland was up there. They even had updated it with. Um, with uh, Kylo Ren and hmm. Ray in the miniatures. Then the guy that I go with and his son had gone earlier this year. It was cordoned off or we're making improvements. And we were there just last weekend. We Sounds walked like through. not an improvement. <laughs> it was a major whitewash and it was all gone. And my question for you is if the Disney park experience 
from a Star Wars point of view, uh, the Galaxy's Edge represents probably the pinnacle of what you can expect someone to uh, have fun with and experience. Are there any others that you've gone through in your experience that could also be somewhat even equal to that experience? So is there anything similar to Galaxy's Edge? Yes. As at, an experience that could... At Disney? No, anywhere else. Have you ever been at to anywhere else that... Closest. Uh, it's funny. I had a conversation with a friend of mine who works for a ho- certain hockey team just an hour and a half southwest of and He used to work for the <laughs> hockey team here. I'm not going to mention names. <clears throat> Bolts. Right, of course not. Um, Bolts. <laughs> <laughs> um, the... Uh, he said, as, as and he's a huge Star Wars fan as well, uh, and, and he's a big Star Trek fan, which I think is great. I, I like seeing younger generation be a fan of both. Um, for all most of us here, I'm not sure about Pat, um, because of that age difference, we had Star Trek before we had Star Wars, or Star Trek was still at mm-hmm. at a height mm-hmm. when we had Star Wars. Um, I mean, for me, I had Space 1999 before I had Star Wars, and I love Space 1999. <laughs> Um, he was saying he almost liked Pandora more than Galaxy's Edge, and it was on one factor. When it's really crowded in Galaxy's Edge, it's hard to hear the the ambient effects that are yes. being like fed. The, creature. the creatures, yeah. whatnot, it's hard to hear. That it, it should almost be, when you know the crowds are a certain level, raise the level of the sounds a little bit so they can be heard over the crowds. Mm-hmm. Whereas at yeah, Pandora, you, yeah. whereas yeah. at Pandora, they're all over the place. I'm like, well, Pandora is like you're in an open woods anyway. And anyone who's gone into the woods, you're going to hear those sounds no matter how large the crowd is because, well, it's a force. You're going to hear it. Um, but I, I agree with them. There should be... You know, once crowds hit a certain level in that section, there needs to be a volume increase a little bit. And I say that as an audio engineer. Um, but for me, I think the closest I have experienced is Wizarding World at Universal, except I don't get the immersion like I do with Galaxy's Edge. Right. Uh, I mean, Galaxy's Edge, you walk in, you feel your off world, and you feel like you are on Batu, not Earth. Yes. Because, yeah. Yeah. The, you know, Disney's all about the story. And the story runs deep there. And if you have a backstory, um, I don't know if y'all had a chance to hear the episode where we were, uh, it was one of our Smuggler Alliance episodes where they turned the tables on me and quizzed me about when I went to Galaxy's Edge for cast previews. Um, Just the interaction. I'm wearing my Wookiee radio shirt there. The interaction with what's that? And the backstory I came up with on what Wookiee radio is and how it was accepted. And and I'm like, okay, I feel like I have now made Wookiee Radio canon in the Star Wars universe because it was accepted. Um, the You go to Wizarding World, yeah, you, you get the vibe. Okay, I'm here. I'm walking through Diagonon Alley. I'm walking through Hogsmeade. But you don't get the, the interaction or the banter with yes. with their cast members like you do at Galaxy's Edge. I mean, I, I, at this point in time, I would expect to be called a muggle. Oh, what? And have someone who's very slithering going, oh, what is a muggle doing here? You don't get any of that or a mudblood or you don't get right. any of that at Universal. It's yeah, they're just there doing the job. 
um, is flat. Welcome to the Harry yeah. Potter world. Yeah, and we have yeah. been to both, and that was sort of the <laughs> that was like the, the direction of the question. Really, was the how immersive yeah. uh, Galaxy's Edge is, and uh, as fans, and you mentioned it before the books, like um, uh, Lost, uh, Crash of Fate, and Black Spire, yep. you know, Zoraya Cordova and Delilah S. Dawson, and how you uh, you mentioned how you needed to see that to make yes. it real. You know, they had access to, and I think it was on Friends of the Force. Actually, I think I heard that interview where she was actually granted access to the scene to the set beforehand and she wrote a part of the story to fit some of the setting that you're going to see there uh, and it's completely yeah. immersive you yeah. know and if it it's wasn't really for cool. reading those books we wouldn't have we did a, a Vi Marathi one of the characters from <laughs> uh, Vi yes. where we brought her um, we brought her uh, wool uh, and we interacted with the character and uh, I had gone in there in my imperial shorts and a t-shirt and we had done a little sort of very minor cosplay and my and Pat, the, the, the hat that Pat built and uh, she looked at me and I she looked at Imperial looked at me completely believable in character like who the heck are you why would I talk to you you look Imperial and I showed her uh, the yeah the R2 medallion yeah the R2 medallion yeah. celebration 2019 in Chicago and she literally ran over to me because she understood the importance of that and I gave her a stack of wool and she almost <laughs> broke character because you could just tell like oh crap this is wool <laughs> like, but she stayed in character and I like, knit it was I knit <laughs> for my stress levels yeah. and it was a deep cut from the book of right. um, Black Spire and she understood immediately what that meant and that sort of speaks to the level of detail that Disney yeah. will go to yeah. to give those people the experience and from our perspective yeah we are blessed to be able to live so close to Orlando and to Hollywood Studios and, and uh, Galaxy's Edge but it is really the uh, the most immersive uh, friendly sort of like your in-universe experience we have ever had mm-hmm. I cannot yeah. wait for them to lift cast member blackouts so I could go on my days off or on a day off with my laptop go grab a tea from Ronto Roosters or from Docking Bay 7, sit in that outdoor courtyard, flip open the computer and just work on the websites and just relax because that's my happy place for sure. And I am upset. I cannot get there. We Uh. talked about this before we started talking to you tonight. Just how we can't imagine. Yes, we, Yeah. Pat was there for Galaxy's Edge opening rope drop and I was there too, but he was also there for Rise of the Resistance rope drop. And it's like those experiences. I mean, that's must be tough for you to to sort of wait. I, I have not ridden Rise of Re- I have not. I, and, know, and right now, and, I'm not I'm not going to burn a comp ticket to try and maybe yeah. get a boarding pass and not get on. Right. And that was the that was kind of the 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 change because I went on on opening day for Rise and um, it was as soon as you're in the gate, you could go for a boarding pass. Right. OK, so obviously, you know, I was there at four o'clock in the morning and all this. Um, but, uh, you know, now that they've changed it to as soon as park opens then you mm. can go on. Um, we went, we, the two of us were there, um, uh, birthday celebration yeah. to, um, to go ride the ride. We were the first people at the tap style. We were the first people at the, you know, cast member, like, um, barricade, you know, barricade before getting to the land. Like we were first at the park and, um, when it came time to get our boarding pass, um, we were group 98, which, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. And we rode, but we didn't ride till what, seven o'clock at night, yeah. uh, which gave us literally all day in Galaxy's Edge. So we're not complaining <laughs> at all. Fast. It was awesome. But, um, but it very well could have been that we were the first people there, did everything right, followed the app to the T. And you should have had at least it. top 10. I, yeah, that's, 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 we were assumed 
assuming that we would at least be yeah. under 50. I mean, the first time I went, when I went on opening day, I was boarding group 22, which of course I was, I, there was probably 200 people in front of me right. when I when I got there. But um, I guess the original point that I was making before I started talking about uh, that <laughs> was, you know, opening day, uh, I rode at about 10 o'clock in the morning and um, getting off the ride, it was lined with Imagineers, the exit was. And they were just like, um, just so excited to hear about um, how it was for people. And, you know, high fiving, shaking hands, just just uh, being there to kind of have all their hard work pay off, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, firsthand with with riders. And it was that was that was the only time I've ever, you know, been to Disney when it was like opening day of a ride, ride. Um, that no one had ridden before. And you because were even in, even when we did the opening day of uh, Galaxy's Edge, yeah. they had already done the the uh, platinum previews and the cast member previews right. and all that. So right. other people had ridden um, the Falcon. The, yeah, the Smuggler's Run and all. Yeah. So um, this was the first time at, at really any of them because the Disneyland's yeah, didn't just, open until later anyway. Right, right. And to have all those Imagineers there just just kind of um, appreciating the the love and care that they put into it uh, was just really cool. All right. Uh, Derek, Ken, any final thoughts? Quick final thoughts? Uh, I had one real quick. Just um, we haven't had, we didn't get a chance. This is not our, our normal show, so we don't cover news, but we did have to say goodbye in um, the preceding us in the forest. We lost Mas- Max von Sydow at, yesterday as of um, recording. Yeah. yeah. Or Santeca. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, Thanks. Our condolences go out to his friends and family and all that and he was for geeks in general, not just Star Wars guys. Yep. This guy was in all kinds right. of stuff. There's, yep. I was looking down his list: 163 credits, and probably 20 or 30 of them were geek movies. Oh yeah. yeah. And the first and, one, first oh, one yeah. I remember him in was Ming the Merciless and Flash Gordon. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. that's so true. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. go back even farther. He was in the. He was the main character in The Exorcist, yeah. in the yeah. first Exorcist movie, and yep. the second one. Yeah. Well, I didn't Game watch that until much later. Yeah. Well, me either, but. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> he was a dune. He was in all kinds of stuff. Yeah. 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 Derek, final thoughts. Um, that's that's all I got. I was I got nothing else. Um, I hate to say this or ask this in this manner, but quickly, where can people find you guys online? Yeah, we're on Twitter at uh, Swations at uh, at S W A T I O N S. Uh, we're on now Instagram at Conversations. We're on Facebook at Conversations as well, and we also have our uh, main website, website where all our Foolery and uh, hand drinks goes on at uh, conversations.com yeah. and shows everywhere the podcast is available, correct? Yeah, yeah, we're uh, Ranker and then we're Spotify, Spotify and Apple, Spotify, all the all the main players were there. Awesome. Mm-hmm. On that note, there's only one thing left to be said give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jinx, I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2! Hold on, 